struggles, innovation, going all in, not holding back, mindset, being a leader, paving their own way, putting the real in real estate, listing legacies, selling luxury. You have the vault. Unlocking conversations in real estate today. We're live with the vault. I'm your host, Jessica Hastings Lesperance. And let me introduce our wonderful guest today, Carissa Bai. This is Carissa's second time being on the show because we love her so, so much. <laughs> She's so <laughs> knowledgeable and we have to talk about so much that's going on in the industry in bank rates today. And she is the girl to talk about it. So Carissa, the floor is yours. Well, thanks, Jess. I'm so happy to be back for a second time around. Um, and yeah, as Jess said, I'm the local resident mortgage specialist with Meridian Credit Union, covering Gray County, Bruce County, Simcoe County. I mean, I'll cover across Ontario, but um, yeah, that's kind of my service area. Interest rates, such a hot topic these days. Yeah, I literally just finished a meeting um, with a couple of individuals. And again, it just goes back to the power of pre-approvals. Um, because I did, I had to kind of burst their bubbles a wee little bit because they just didn't qualify for as much because of what interest rates are at. So um, interest rates, as everyone known, has climbed aggressively over yeah. 2023. It's, um, you know, been one of those experiences with folks of sitting down with them and they just people don't qualify for as much on a lending basis because of where interest rates are at. So happily we are slowly seeing those interest rates starting to slowly decrease for 2024 i don't think we're going to see very massive jumps and we're seeing that because the bank of canada rate um the outlook is that that bank of canada rate is not going to be coming down the last release that they had said no change so i mean we're all doing our pom-poms like thank goodness yeah. Um, so we're seeing that that's it's going to hold steady Eddie in the Bank of Canada prime world, which means that for folks that have line of credits and and people, you know, my interest payment like has tripled. Well, yeah. that's not changing. So Bank of Canada prime for anybody out there that's wondering, like, what is Bank of Canada prime? It is seven point two percent. Oh, wow. Three hundred and sixty five days ago, it was still under five. Yeah. So that's where we're seeing that rate hold steady. But interest rates, um, there's a really big target on to get borrowers to commit to financial institutions, especially with Meridian Credit Union. We want your business for for five years. So honestly, across the board, the best bang for your buck that you're going to see is probably a five year fixed rate mortgage. Um just because we want that business to stay with us for a longer term, we want to develop those relationships with you. Yeah. Um, and and that rate is still somewhere in between the 5% to 5.6%, um, depending on what you're buying, depending on how long you want to amortize that mortgage for. So for all of our buyers out there that have a down payment of 20% or less, right now you're looking at an interest rate of well under 5.5%. So reach out to me and I'll give you more information on that rate, but it's definitely in the low fives. And right. for anybody that's buying a property that uh, you have a 20% down payment or more, 
aka called a conventional mortgage, mm-hmm. we're in that 5.6% range. Right. Uh, so super, super competitive. And again, hopefully as the year keeps on going through, we're going to see those rates come down little by little. For folks out there with mortgages that are coming up for renewal in 2024, I would say hold on to your existing rate for as long as you can. Um, financial institutions generally start reaching out to their mortgage people about five months outside of your mortgage renewal date. So my advice is to stay in, stay locked into your rate that you have right till the end of your mortgage term, because like I say, we're, we're in a decreasing environment on the, on the mortgage rate front. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Do you think we're going to go back to those two and a half percent days? I don't think so. That's what got us into this mess in the first That's place. That's true. Right? Right? And for all of our, you know, our parents and our grandparents and aunts and uncles that are listening to this podcast, um, they're they're probably saying to themselves right now, well, for crying out loud, this is this is this is less than normal. I used to pay 13% interest and I remember <laughs> when it was 20%, right? I've heard yeah. that so many times. So I truly think if we can just get back into an area where mortgage rates are four and a quarter, mm-hmm. uh, even four and three quarters, that would just be perfect. It's super manageable. People can qualify for really what they truly can afford because, again, people whose mortgages are coming up for renewal this year, their interest rates are 2.54, 2.7, and they're mm-hmm. having to renew at, you know, five and a half, six, six and a half. So that makes a really big difference in your mortgage payment. So again, like speak with your mortgage, um, where your mortgage provider is about options that are available, you know, because the expectation is that your interest rate's going to go up quite, or sorry, is that your interest rate's going to go up, but your mortgage payment is going to go up quite a bit too. So speak about that, your options with your mortgage persons. Yeah. So no, I don't think we're going to see that two and a half percentile anytime soon. <laughs> I know I get asked like a lot. Four. Yeah. Oh really? And I do get asked a lot, and I know, like, I feel we're the future. You know, technology is growing, things are growing. That the economy on its own is just different now. If you think back to years ago, right? So. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. You think back to even three years ago. Like I remember, Meridian came out with this eighteen months. Uh, mortgage rate at I think it was 1.99 or 1.89 and it's like how did we how did we even get there I remember saying when mortgage rates were at 2.29 I remember saying out loud there's no way they can go lower and I think at one point a financial institution was doing like 0.99 yeah financing on mortgage rates and it's like wow are they just fishing to bring in clients? Like that's what that seems to me, right? That yeah. is a senior client. Like you said, you you want to keep your clients for five years, right? Yes, we want to keep our clients for five years. Um, Meridian came out with that rate um, just because I think we wanted to put more, we needed to put more mortgages um, like on our books. We wanted more business. Yeah. So they came out with that short-term rate and, and, and we did phenomenal on that on that rate. So again, that was probably five years ago at least. So so now it's yeah, three, four times as much as what interest rates were five yeah. years ago. 
So again, for folks whose mortgages are coming up for renewal right now, and I specifically think about people that have, you know, young families, it's not cheap to put your kids in sports and extracurricular activities. And I think about people that are retired, Um, your income is your income, right? It only goes up a little bit. Your pension only goes up by a little bit every year. Yeah. So that's where I say I find that those folks can be potentially really affected. It is tricky. And I see that in the market now too, with clients who, you know, they have to sell because their mortgage is going up, it's up for renewal, you know, and, or they took a variable and that kind of chaos, right? Yes. chaos, And it's still, I think for the most part, it is still a bit chaotic and people are holding their breath when bank of Canada, when we're all waiting on to see if that rate's going to change and, you're just praying that it's like, please go down, please go down, please go down. Yeah. To be honest, I haven't done a variable rate mortgage in a year and a half. Yeah. Would you even recommend them at this point or just hold off? Yeah. No, I personally wouldn't. And I know that there's a lot of people out there just shaking their heads at yeah. me right now. Mm-hmm. But I just find that when you're in such turmoil, not even just rates, you know, we all think about going to the grocery store and you see all those social media posts of like, let's see what you got for your for your fill of $150 worth of groceries and you have 20 items in your grocery cart. Yeah. So it's kind of just like there's all these different facets that are like slowly decreasing your bank account every single month. And that's where I'm still quite leery of putting people into variable rate mortgages unless they really have a sound knowledge yeah. of how they work because and an I can explain plan. yeah and an exit plan yeah yeah because you can explain it till you're blue in the face of okay if this changes this changes if if this de- increases then this increases and, and people will sit there and do this and then when push comes to shove and, and you're kind of backed into a corner it's like Oh, now I understand. So again, like variable rate mortgages can be a great fit for for people depending on what they're doing with real estate. If you're buying and selling and you don't necessarily want to lock into a long term, but you need to go with a three year variable for the benefit of getting that interest rate, then they're doing that for a reason um, for prepayment penalty purposes. Right. So, Yeah. yeah, I'm not really I'm not really into it. And to be totally honest. I think that because there's still the unknown of, mm-hmm. well, they could increase it. I would just rather wait for yeah. probably another 10 months to see what that's going to look like. Yeah. So I think what I'm hearing is you need to understand what the purpose of maybe going that route is and really be clear on how common yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And that's why I love working with you because you're straight up and honest. You know, at the beginning of our podcast, you said I had some clients and I just had to break the news to them that they're they're not going to get the pre-approval. And if you're yeah. not honest, you know, that's why I value you so much because you're straight up honest. And even if it doesn't work now, you explain, here's what we could try. Or yeah. Right? yeah. With these folks that came in um, just this morning, it was the difference of $100,000 that she qualifies for. Yeah. So, of course, there was different. There's other components that related to that as well to that difference but um that's the point of doing the pre-approval rate and like you just said Jess this is where we're at how do we get you to where you want to be so in this scenario she has access to additional income that we can't use but her mom who has a great job 
um, is willing to co-sign on that mortgage with her so that we can get her a higher pre-approval amount. And I'm comfortable doing that because I know she's got access to additional cash flow that we just can't use because of timing. So um, thankfully it worked out by the end of the appointment and they didn't leave, you know, with the feds down or anything. I bet I. Yeah, you have to. And I love meeting with people because again, going back to what you said, it's the power of, okay, this is what we can do now. And this is what we can work towards. Like yeah. um, the government's got this, this great first time homebuyer saving accounts that are rolled yeah. out. That they've officially rolled out those accounts at Meridian. Now they were available on February 1st. Well, that's good. So to it's getting people into like these first time homebuyer savings plans that it's like, you know, we can set a realistic expectation for that. Let's contribute X amount of dollars every time you get paid so that you've got Ten thousand dollars sitting in that account by next year that you can use as your as your down payment source. I love that because I I do feel for first time home buyers right now. I know it's a struggle. I know you know I feel like there are yeah. kids staying at home older right now. You know, like yeah. when I was younger, it was you know as soon as I could out, we did we bought a house, but it was more accessible then. Yeah. <laughs> You know? Yeah, it was. You know, the the homes were still there that were one hundred and sixty thousand dollars in Owen Sound and Wyerton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different place, and again, it's the philosophy of you you don't have to have sixty five hundred dollars saved up for your down payment now. You need to have sixteen thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, and again, yeah. and we could get into this on a on a different topic, but um you know, Canada, our, our federal government has come out with a great um, down payment matching program. Um, so we could get oh, into wow. that at another one. So just different incentives. No, not incentives, different grant programs that are available for first time home buyers. Um, we could definitely schedule a quick like 20 minute or 30 minute podcast so we can chat about that. Really good idea. Yeah. Because yeah. right now, even as real estate agents, we are having to get creative. A lot of vendor take backs right, right now. Also a lot of really? you know, conditional upon the sale of that person's house and conditional upon the sale of that person's house. And yeah, it's just like this train. And it again, is. it's the whole like, yeah. it's so different from year to year being in the mortgage financing industry because Again, like two years ago, we had folks that were coming in and doing what's called equity takeouts. So they were setting up secured line of credits so that they could go and purchase that rental property. But again, interest rates were 2.95, 3.25% on line of credits. Line of credit rates now are 7.7%. So again, it's like, you can't afford to do both anymore. You can have one or the other. Same as with home ownership. You can't afford to carry this house while it's still for sale and purchase this home. You must sell this house before you can purchase this home. Yeah. So different scenarios for every single year that we have. And I'm also seeing um, this year um, a lot of like more um, mature borrowers, not mature in age, but mature individuals that have come in and they've done their own research as to you know I went on to your online calculator and this is what I came up with and I also realized that you know I have a down payment of 10% so I know that I need to have high ratio mortgage uh, insurance so I find that people are starting to do a little bit more of their own research before good. before That's coming really in it yeah. is great yeah 
Can you talk a little bit about the commercial market and then we'll get into your um, credit and burrows? Bureaus? Yeah, like commercial market. Um, yeah, real estate prices. I know Adam and I were looking at a property and we figured out, you know, the amount, the, the deposit down and then even the interest and it just didn't, we couldn't make the numbers make sense. <laughs> yeah, especially, yeah, with commercial properties, like so much of your what your rental income is going to be on that property is really mm -hmm. driving people purchasing those properties. Yeah. Commercial and small business pricing is completely different from residential financing. Uh, so people need to be aware of that. Yeah. And their pricing usually historically is higher than what residential pricing is. So we've got two, three individuals in that market, Natalie Brown, Jeff Brown, and Brad Williton, um, who all service kind of the same area. Commercial pricing, they have their own grid, and I don't know what that commercial pricing looks like. Small business pricing, again, it's usually generally a little bit higher than what the retail residential pricing is, and it all depends on what you're purchasing. You know, if you're purchasing a property that has commercial real estate downstairs and residential retail real estate upstairs, then that's one kind of interest rate. If you're purchasing um, a 100% commercial property that you're operating a commercial business out of, then that's a totally different interest rate. So expectations, I don't know what their pricing schedule is set at, but expectations for people getting into that industry or new to that industry is that you're going to pay higher interest rates for commercial or small business pricing. Yeah. And I would yeah. say if you are getting into that, anyone listening, definitely do that homework a lot. Do not do anything until you've just broken broken it down. You know, do that business plan, write out the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. the numbers will tell you. Yeah, yeah, they will. Because even people, um, there's a a building for sale, a commercial space that's for sale locally, and the rental income is significant from it. But once you actually break down the financing, and it's like, well, shoot, I've only got like a two thousand dollar a month spread on this property, so. Yeah, do the mm -hmm. homework, break the numbers down, like yeah. you say. Yeah, when we do the homework, it's kind of like, what are we purchasing it? What type of mortgage are we putting on it to yeah. what the rent makes? And sometimes it depends how much cash you have put down, right? Like it's, it can make that scale go up or down. That's what I find. Yeah, big time. The primary like down payment examples, um, so residential buyers, you're looking at like really minimal down payment requirements. Right. If you're purchasing a place under a million dollars, it's a five percent down payment requirement on the first five hundred thousand. Yeah. And anything over five hundred becomes a ten percent down payment. So if you buy a eight hundred thousand dollar price, then it's five percent on the first five hundred and then ten percent on that last remaining three hundred. Right. But small business and commercial, generally speaking, you're getting into much higher down payments. Oh, no matter sure. what, you're going to have to have like 20 to 35 percent uh potentially now there are special programs with our commercial guys um where they can do some different stuff totally not getting into that because <laughs> they'll be calling me up being like Teresa, you can't, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay so for more information <laughs> yeah we'll contact them that's okay we can, we can jump to the credit one that you want to chat about because I'm, I'm really intrigued with this topic Credit bureau reporting. This is a yeah. huge one, everybody. So credit bureau reporting, um, the most common ones are Equifax, 
TransUnion. I think um, Meridian credit unions in general will use the Equifax reporting and a lot of the banks use TransUnion. They're reporting the same thing, just two different companies. Think about it that way. Yeah. Credit reporting is so important with mortgage financing. Um, it tells us so many different things. So on your credit bureau report, it's going to tell us the most obvious, your date of birth, your social insurance number, and what your credit score is. Right. Your credit score, before I even look at a report for folks, your credit score tells me so many things about what I might and potentially see once I get further into your report. And your credit score is based off of a credit score of zero, which is terrible, up to 900, which is amazing. For mortgage financing, you have to have a minimum credit score in order to do high ratio mortgage financing, aka if you have a down payment of less than 20%, there's a minimum requirement. Right. So what we see now, and I think that minimum requiring requirement is a 670 or a 680 credit score, which usually generally, to me, that is a really, really good score. When I see a credit score over... 680 right off the hop that tells me this person probably pays their credit card balances off every month this person probably doesn't have a balance owing on a line of credit and this person has paid their credit as agreed and what i mean by paying credit as agreed is that everybody gets a credit card bill once a month some people are fortunate that they're able to pay that balance off every single month and other people pay a portion of that credit card off every month, or maybe it's been a bad month cash flow wise, and they can really only make the interest only payment requirement. So if for any reason you forget to make that minimum payment required, that gets reported on your credit bureau. And if you do that enough times, it slowly will decrease your credit score. Mm. So for folks out there that maybe have trouble remembering to pay that credit card or line of credit interest only payment, I simply tell them just set it up automatically so that no matter what you don't, that you don't miss a payment. Mm -hmm. When you start missing multiple payments, it makes the financial institution look at you and say, I don't know if I'm going to want to lend you all of this money. Like you missed three credit card payments within the last two years. Like, are you going to forget to pay us? Yeah. So that's kind of the mindset behind it. The other thing with your credit bureau and your credit reporting is people will come in and say, well, I make my interest only payment on my credit card, credit card, but my credit score is only a 640. Why is that? So we'll look at the credit card and we'll say, it's your capacity. Yeah. So your credit limit to what you owe on it is what's your credit capacity? What's your credit utilization? If you have a $10,000 limit on your credit card, but you have $9,500 owing on it, every single month, the credit bureau sees it and says, oh, this person's carrying a large balance on their credit card. And your credit score slowly starts to decrease because you're not paying it off. You're not cycling that credit card. So try and keep my general rule of thought for folks is if your credit card limit is, you know, $5,000, realistically, you really shouldn't have any more than $3,000 owing a month on that credit. Mm -hmm. So it keeps the capacity down, keeps the card balance down, and it keeps your credit score nice, nice and strong. Yeah. The other thing that's super important, 
<laughs> is number of credit facilities that you have. Oh, yeah. When you apply for mortgage financing, loan financing, a line of credit, we want to see that you have the capacity to use your credit wisely and that you have the capacity to repay it every single month. And we want to see that you have got two to three established credit facilities in place. So credit facilities that we look for are mortgages, loans, line of credits, and credit cards. Those are the four primary ones. Um, your utility bills, like your cell phones and stuff, those can count. We don't place as much emphasis on them, but they do still count for additional sources of credit. So again, we want to see that you've got two to three established credit sources. And we also want to see that those credit facilities have been established for at least two to three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So when you come in for your mortgage pre-approval, if I see that you just got a credit card in January 2024, we're going to have to have a bigger conversation about why you are 28 years old and you've only had one credit card for one year. Right. There's always a conversation. There's always a bigger picture as to the why. Um, so we can continue that conversation um, in the mortgage pre-approval. But generally speaking, if you are, you know, kind of new to this path and you're thinking about purchasing a home within the next five years, really think about that credit piece. And if you only have a, a capital one credit card, I would suggest going to your financial institution and seeing if you could qualify for something like a, a $1,500 or $5,000 unsecured line of credit. If you yeah. don't use it, then you don't get charged anything on it, but it's there, it's reporting. It creates um, happiness for me when I see your mortgage and to do the pre-approval. That's interesting because I know I've heard people say too that if you're going for pre-approval, don't make any big purchases. Yeah, yeah, that is a big one. Um, so what happens there is, so a few years back, the government wanted financial institutions to input what was called a minimum payment for credit card and line of credits, um, unsecured line of credits. So what their rule is, is that, so your credit bureau will report what a minimum payment requirement is on a credit card. In some instances, that amount is zero. And that just was not good enough for um, the audit and policy people. Yeah. So government's Government said, we want you to input 3% of any balance owing. So if you have a $10,000 balance owing on a line of credit and your credit bureau says your minimum payment is $100, we can't use that. We have to use a $300 minimum monthly payment. So that's where, again, it goes back to this whole philosophy of don't make huge purchases when you're trying to get mortgage financing and using line of credits to do it. Yeah. Or um, the other one that we often see is that we'll pre-approve folks and say, don't make any large purchases. And then they come back and try and get financing and they've purchased a vehicle and they say, yeah. but my, my payments don't start until next month though. And it's like, well, it's but now reported on your credit bureau. I was going to say, yeah, you can see it's sort of <laughs> the numbers don't lie, especially when you review the forms and all the. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So when we say don't make any big purchases on anything, that also includes vehicle financing. So just hold off 
you do the pre-approval, you do the mortgage thing, and then you do the car thing after that, as yeah. long as it's within the budget, your budget. Yeah, that's right. Your yeah. budget. Yeah. And then the other thing I'll just quickly touch on is for folks that have gone through um, either a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy. So in those areas, um, you will need to be fully discharged from your consumer proposal or your bankruptcy for a minimum of two years before you can apply for mortgage financing again. And again, same philosophy of two to three established credit facilities in place. So again, for folks that have gone through that, are going through it, um, things like cash-secured credit cards, um, cash-secured RRSP line of credits, those are great um, credit facilities to go get your hands on when you're trying to reestablish your credit after that. Those items, all of your credit history reports on your credit bureau for around eight years or so, nine years or so. So even if you have a credit card that's closed, even if you have a bankruptcy that was completed four years ago, um, those items will continue to report on your credit bureau because that's your credit history. So if you're trying to get around something, it's probably not going to work because it's going <laughs> to be on the bureau. So just be transparent about it and honest about it because then we can create a plan to get somewhere. So yeah. again, consumer proposal, bankruptcies, you got to be two years fully discharged or fully paid with your consumer proposal and get that reestablished credit in place as soon as you possibly can. Yeah. It's like, does that history ever reset or is it just an ongoing always thing from like time you're, you know, 16 to 80? Yeah. It'll eventually drop off. Like I remember I got a credit card as soon as I turned 19, I think I was, or 18. And eventually like you replace it. We want credit cards that give us bonus benefits and yeah. you know, travel and stuff. Right. So you're going to replace it. So that credit card I had, I want to say I canceled it probably 10 years ago. Yeah. So that credit card, it doesn't even show on my credit bureau anymore. Yeah. So it, it, they will eventually drop off. So if you have a closed credit card that you closed in, in 2020, that credit card will still be reporting in 2024, but it'll probably drop off somewhere around 2029 and it won't be on there anymore. Right. Yeah. So again, like if you have really great credit history and you've had the same credit card for 15 years yeah, and you cancel that card then all of a sudden that history is gone. So again, it's just something yeah. for people to think about. Yeah, it's funny because when we were doing our last mortgage with you, you mentioned that to me and I, I thought I was looking for another one to get the bonuses and the tips and I thought, yeah. myself, I'm not doing it. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> yeah, you have to be careful like, with that. And the other, yeah. the other one that I would always hear, you get like, I remember when I had my, when I was a financial advisor at the branch, um, People would come in to do consolidation loans and they'd say, oh, I got this credit card from blah, blah, blah. And they told me to max it out. That was the best benefit. And I'd be like, did they really tell you that? I don't think so. So for all of you, maybe younger folks on here or new to credit card folks that are on here, if you get a credit card, don't go max it out. <laughs> use really it. That advice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, like use it. Put your gas on it. Use it yeah. as a gas card. It's just the build your credit. Off. That would be it's my goal with my kids, credit. right? Yeah. 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 If you get a $1,000 credit card, then you go max it out at $1,000. And every single month, it's $1,000. And then you come to me and it's like, I don't know why my credit score keeps going down. Yeah. You are at your full utilization on your card. Get the balance gone. Yeah. 
Well, I love all the tips you just shared because not only is it good to know from a real estate standpoint, an individual standpoint, it's also handy to know how to set your kids up and know what to do going forward, actually. Yeah, right. Totally. And I think like none of us like using credit, but we are forced in this world to get it. Not even from a lending standpoint. If you want to go book a hotel room, you have to have a credit card. If you want to book a car rental, you have to have a credit card. So as much as we don't like credit because it gets people into trouble, we're forced to get it. So from a young age, yes, have the conversation with your kids, sit down. If they don't want to listen to you, then they can come here and they can listen to us. Yeah, we'll put you them in front of Teresa. <laughs> That's funny. You better pay this off. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Right? But yeah, like there are a lot of kids that, especially like kids that are going down to like the States and stuff for school and, yeah. you know, they're coming home and they don't have any Canadian credit built. They get a full-time job and they've got some money squared away. And it's like, well, we need one of your parents to co-sign because you don't have any credit history. Or yeah. we need a parent to guarantee this mortgage because you don't have any credit history. So yeah, that is a, that's a great thing that you bring up. Have the conversations with them when they're young and get the start getting the credit established young. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. isn't that so silly? I think that's so silly. It's like, well, I haven't used any credit and I have twenty thousand dollars saved up, and like, isn't wouldn't that be a good thing? Yeah, it's like yes, that is a great thing, but yeah. unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, I know. That's so true. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much, Krisa. This is so informative and we definitely will have to come back on and talk about the down payment mortgage program. Yeah. Um, Just everything, you know, we'll have little, we'll, you'll definitely be back. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that that would be awesome. The first time homebuyer saving plan is super awesome. Yeah. CRA program, grant program is a good one. And even like your local counties um, sometimes have some home ownership assistance yeah. for down payment. Yeah. I uh, yeah. You. yeah. So where could everyone find you? Because they have to use you because you are just so knowledgeable and it's um, so valuable. So anybody can find me. Um, I am available cell phone, uh, work mobile, 705-888-1991. Work email is carissa.by at meridiancu.ca or pop into the branch. I work a lot out of our Owen Sound branch and our Collingwood branches. Um, Or if you want me to come and meet you with your local realty office in Wyerton, then by all means, um, I can come there to the Owen Sound location too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for jumping on with us. We will definitely see you again. Thanks for having me. Loved it. (laughs) Thanks for listening to The Vault. You can find us on Instagram at The Vault Podcast and on all podcast platforms. See you next episode.